Hello and welcome into How Very Human Sciences, the podcast featuring alumni and industry leaders connected to the College of Human Sciences at Auburn University, all here to share their career journeys and inspire the students of today. Well, our guest today will no doubt inspire a healthy appetite for great food and great partnership in educating the next generation of chefs and hospitality management leaders. Award-winning and James Beard semifinalist many times over, Chef Ford Fry joining us in the podcast studio today. Welcome, Chef Rod. Hey, thanks for having me. Of course. We are so thrilled you're in Auburn. Also, welcome into the Human Sciences family, as we've just recently announced uh, with great excitement that you are the next chef in residence at 1856. That is our teaching restaurant in the Tony and Liberang Culinary Science Center. Now, what this means for you all listening our community, or anyone coming to Auburn, that happens a lot during football, uh, gets to experience your award-winning cuisine and culinary style over the next year when they dine at 1856. And even more importantly for the university, our students in the Horst Schultze School of Hospitality Management will get to study your style, at times stand there with you in the kitchen in 1856 and in our cutting-edge culinary laboratory. So, it's an understatement to say we are thrilled. Let me ask you, what excites you, uh, Chef Fry, about this new venture? This is pretty monumental from uh, hospitality schools, culinary schools, all that kind of thing, because I went to culinary school. Most chefs in this industry today are not uh, encouraging culinary students to go to culinary school anymore. Um now that I see this, that's what I'm most excited about because this is an opportunity that I think students actually should do before they get into, um, you know, the culinary or hospitality industry. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a real life situation, mm-hmm. um, so they know exactly what they're getting into. Um, it's controlled, so. I think that's the most part I'm pretty excited about. As far as the the culinary side, I know is really green for Auburn. It's it's had this hospitality side, I'd say, uh, for a long time now. But the culinary side is 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 what like I wish people would understand and know. Like uh, if I knew this was here, this is where yeah. I would be. I mean, I would get a great college experience. We talked about that earlier. You know, yes. sometimes you get too much of a college experience, <laughs> but. Um, It's just so, so good. So, yes, our students today, if you don't know you're spoiled, (laughs) please listen and know that you are. Hey, let's talk about your background. Okay. Okay. You are a Texan first. Correct. And and I love that. I'm a Texan as well. So, a Texan who studied at the New England Culinary Institute in Vermont, worked in Florida, Colorado, California before moving to Atlanta, where you now have 16 restaurants, but that number's growing quickly. Soon yeah, we have a 25 18? now. In Atlanta? No, no, no. Okay, so yes, we have a just Atlanta. Houston, yes. Nashville, Charlotte, right. Raleigh, uh-huh. um, and soon to be Florida. Winter Park. Yes, so exciting. And two new ones in Atlanta very soon. Uh-huh. Um, but if you, you know of some of them, if you're listening, Optimist, Little Ray, King and Duke. I'm just looking at Atlanta right now. <laughs> but So let's go back to the beginning. Do you remember... What made you think, hey, this culinary thing could be for me? (laughs) You know, I always loved cooking. You know, growing up in Texas, we always had, we always hunted and fished and all that. And 
um, what was more fun than hunting and fishing to me was actually cooking what we caught and shot. (laughs) So I just loved eating. But, (laughs) you know, a chef wasn't, that wasn't a cool career back when I was a kid. We didn't know about that. And then all of a sudden, I'm in college, and my dad knew I cooked. He also knew I wasn't the best student in college. So he encouraged, and he, he read an article about fast-track careers, which was the biggest lie there has ever <laughs> been. Um, but it talked about culinary schools at that time. So long and short, I said, okay, well, let's just do that. So I went to Vermont, and it just clicked. It just was like... I loved it. I loved cooking. I loved eating. And I think it all started with me loving eating. I got to travel a lot as a kid all over Europe and very fortunate in that, that I was exposed to fine dining and really good food. So I think that's what got me here. So how did your love for Tex-Mex, and you have a new cookbook out as well, (laughs) called Tex-Mex, a comfort food on both sides of the border, uh, and also for Texas ranch food. I love that too. How did that prepare you for your studies in Vermont? Was that a little bit of a culture shock at all? I mean, Tex-Mex was just food that I used to eat. It was never something that I really aspired to opening a Tex-Mex restaurant. So a lot of the students come from, if they do come from Nashville, I mean, from Atlanta, they know Super Rica. Um, So Super Rica was really my uh, desire to have the Tex-Mex that I grew up eating in the town that I'm living in. I wondered that. So that's exactly what it was. And then it just kind of struck a chord in the city. They're like, oh, wait a minute. This is what Tex-Mex is supposed to, we didn't even call it Tex-Mex. We just called it Mexican food. Right. Um, You know what I mean? Yes. So... And it's kind of struck a chord, so that's uh, we've kind of run with that one a little bit. Okay, yes. Well, you know, after the Culinary Institute, you worked as a fine dining chef in multiple states, and we mentioned them. I'm going to say yeah. them again to Florida and Colorado and California. Could right. be more. Right. Um, I mentioned this again because I have to think that experience just made you exceptionally well-rounded, knowing foods and flavors from coast to coast. Yeah, I, I thought that was. I thought it was a very good move on my part to move away from home for college or at least decent amount of space for home and then when I went to Vermont that was even farther and then working in different areas of the country I would say you know and even you know I think any career I would say living away from home um, and seeing different areas of the country because what happens is especially in the in the food industry and hospitality industry everything in one city starts to look the same you know unless you start bringing in inspirations from other areas of the country um, because just people do things differently so it's been a great Great learning experience for me, for sure. Right. Well, after being in several different states, you called Atlanta home. And your first restaurant that you stepped into being the corporate chef uh, was JCT in Atlanta. And a lot of people, wow, loved that for 15 years thriving. (laughs) And about two years ago or so, while it was thriving, you said, hey, let's close it down. That's right. (laughs) And let's open two new restaurants in that same space. That's what's about to happen in September. Tell us what made you make that decision. You know, JCT was on the west side of Atlanta. And when we opened 15 years ago, there wasn't that there was a Bacchanalia, which was a, f- a high-end fine dining restaurant, and then there was Taqueria del Sol, which was very casual a taco place. So JCT really fit right in the middle there. Over the years, the West Side has really grown. So 
what what happened was I noticed that there was a lot of, uh, I would call it upscale casual restaurants um, popped up. I mean, there could be 20 maybe now in that part of town. So we, at, at one point, so, so I looked at that. I'm like, okay, I know the city likes new and fresh. Uh, we also have a restaurant across the bridge called Marcel, which is our kind of Frenchy steakhouse. And I thought, you know, I think the West Side we need to come up with something more fresh and don't try to be um, blend in with the rest of the competition. Let's do something not quite as high end as Marcel, but definitely higher, more higher end than all the other restaurants on that side of town. So it was more of a, a dining experience change decision. Um, not to mention I was a little tired of frying chicken. <laughs> <laughs> JCT had served a lot of fried chicken. It started off, you know, maybe 10% of the menu was fried chicken that people ordered. And then about 15 years in, we were about 90%. And I'm like, you oh, know, wow. I didn't set up for this. So, you know, you couldn't do away with JCT. You couldn't take fried chicken off the menu. No. Um, so it was just, what okay, we just have to totally change and pivot here. So. Well, you made it too good. That's how yeah. it went up to 90% of the order. You know, I think, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm excited. You know, a lot of, um, I just wanted to really, I thought, and this goes to traveling too, different areas of the country where there's some things, I, I think classic food, or do you remember the age of some of these students, if they're listening, they will not know what I'm talking about, but I'm going to talk about continental cuisine. Sure. Do you remember the yes. age of continental cuisine? Well, that's something that I miss. So our Little Sparrow is the, the new restaurant going where JCT was. And I would classify that as uh, continental cuisine. So it'll be really fun. Describe that for the listener. How would you describe continental it? Continental cuisine was in an era where in America, chefs weren't like a big thing. So what happened was um, chefs were coming over from Europe. And they were probably not necessarily the best chefs in Europe. They were coming over in Europe, but Americans thought, oh, well, they're from France. They should be the best. So these French chefs were cooking American food. They were cooking French food. They were cooking Italian food all in one restaurant. So it just got to be called continental cuisine. And which meaning it's really American. It's really what American food has turned into over the years. So it's just a, inspired by all these other different areas of the world. But so a little bit of all of it. That's it. Yes. That's it. Yes. You know, so so people think a little sparrow is going to be a French person. No, not really. You know, it's going to be American, you know, but we'll call it continental cuisine because it's fun. Well, with so many restaurants now in multiple states, and I have to think each one of these restaurants, you know, wants to be your favorite. These are your babies. Do you have a favorite? No, that's a hard thing to answer. You know, I don't. They're all, they all speak differently to me and different reasons. If I were to pick one, I would have to say the restaurant that struck a chord the most in the city was the Optimist. Um, we got the most awards. I felt like it was somewhat different than the other seafood restaurants in the city. Um, for whatever reason, it just, like I said, struck a chord in, in the city and, um, it's just been great and just continues to keep going. So, Yeah, that is great. Well, you're described as someone who uses his skills to bring people together, bring the generations together over good food and into an environment that's really warm and friendly. This, this is rich with wisdom, so I have to ask, uh, always your philosophy or something you've grown into over the years? I think it's something that I've grown into. I think it was something that I understood that 
what we were doing and what we were doing was creating an experience for our guests um we were just setting the tone setting the experience for them to come in and enjoy each other and then we just kind of come in you know and get it out of the way come in and get out of the way we try to be somewhat invisible but we're just setting all these different little experiences for everybody and it's been and that having that uh thought and that way of doing things seems to really work pretty well just looking at it that way you know we have the long community table yeah. sampling table in the middle of the tony and liberan culinary science center for that very reason too for oh, the wow. students to come right out of the culinary laboratory and sample what they've just made and anyone walking through can sit down oh, and wow, sample cool. as well it's yeah. all about community oh, that's so cool. that's great to hear i also hear don't be surprised on any given day at any of your restaurants, you just might be out front uh, in the middle of it all. You could be in the back. Yeah, you never so know. So you still love <laughs> being right in the middle of it, I take it. You know, when you being in this industry is a lot of hours, so when you're so used to working those hours, it's kind of weird being home. It's like I feel like I should be working, but I'm home more these days, you know. Yes. So, um, But you never know. I just kind of float around and pop in wherever. Well, walk us through what it's like when you start out as a, a young student interested in culinary. You work your way to being a chef somewhere. You're eventually, as you've done, a corporate chef with multiple restaurants. How often do you get to really cook anymore? I, I cook at home every day. Okay, good. <laughs> yes. I would say, you know, as a, as a chef, you start off, you, you go through different stages of your career and what excites you. So you start off with cooking someone else's menu and then you move into, okay, I may be able to come up with something and get a special on the menu, okay, or a special this night or whatever. So I get to create it and see what people think. And then you get to a point where maybe I get something that's an actual menu item. And then you get to the point where you're the chef of your own restaurant or, and you write the whole menu. And then you get, and then after that progression, and then it's more about, okay, then I am more of the visionary of what is this next restaurant i'm more the visionary who pulls all the different components together whether it's the food the music the ambiance the service um so you go through these just different stages and now i feel like i'm in still in the visionary stage but of being able to create restaurants but also pulling in those who have kind of come up with me all along say hey what do you think about this what do you think and and letting them kind of do some of that so it's been a really it's it's a real fun path actually yeah i have to ask you uh, how did you navigate covid oh gosh yes <laughs> you know i was so lucky that we were big enough to have uh an office of really well-trained people human resources and all that to um covid wasn't we came out with i mean the government honestly i think probably gave out too much money to everybody but where we came out of covid fine totally great the hardest part of covid was just comforting the staff because no one knew what was going on you know no one knew how serious it was or um and and you just you couldn't win it was either you could either be strict you could either no matter whatever direction you you went some people would like it some people wouldn't so it was really difficult it was just a rough I almost try to forget it you know, I know, I know. it's it's a definitely a cloud yeah it's always yeah. hanging right there but just having the staff like you had yeah. talented staff and then holding on to that staff yeah 
or recruiting back again. I know uh, so many restaurants had a tough time. That was real tough. That, yes. Yeah, that was the next phase. Because because coming out, I would say coming out of COVID, there was huge demand, but COVID burned out a lot of restaurant people. You know, they just burned them out. They were just. They said the common the common phrase I heard was, "It's just not fun anymore." And I and I and I get that because they were on the front line of serving people who were rude, um, unfriendly. I think they got great tips because there were a lot of people who were sympathetic because there's a lot of a lot of news about the hospitality industry so they were making a lot of money so those who stuck it out you know did pretty well so but it, there's a rebuild we're still in a rebuild process right, right now because it was quite the collision because as covid eased yeah we were all ready to run out and get in the restaurant again. Yeah, and exactly. those working the restaurant had run away. Yeah, yeah. Like, we yeah, can't yeah. take it anymore. We're so glad that so many restaurants are thriving and remain to do so. Um, I went to, it's funny, because I'm speaking of Alabama, we went to a, a funeral of a friend's uh, parent, I think, and um, it was in Huntsville. I won't say the restaurant, but I felt sorry for them because we went into the restaurant and all the tables had like, I call them like dead soldiers, like empty food. Like oh, it just no. hadn't been cleared. A, a bad look. They as had, soon as you walk in. And yes. then there was some little, some young person as a hostess, you know, or a host. And I felt sorry for that person because they had all these people saying, well, you've got all these tables open. Why can't I sit down? But then if you really look, there was maybe two servers. You know, the manager was probably hiding in the back because they didn't want to hear about it. Yes. But it was like, wow, this is. And then I just made me really be very appreciative for my staff and how they handled it um, because it just wasn't that ugly, you know? So this was real ugly. Because so. a lot are still struggling. Yeah. Yes, for yeah. sure. Okay, so for the, the new graduate who's just gotten out of college or let's say they went to a culinary institute and or for the student of today still in it, your advice on getting ahead, being expertly prepared, and but also soaking in the moment of being in this environment for right now, what advice would you have for the student? Just work really hard, you know. I think as I look back upon just people in different careers, unless you were born into success, there's very few people who succeed without really working hard. And I just kind of learned that by watching it. It's like, uh, you know, I just work your tail off and absorb, you know, just put in more hours as much as you can and just focus on your passion and do what you want to do. You will be successful if you do what you're passionate about doing and you will love it. Like I do not, I consider myself retired. I work. It is what I love to do. So definitely do what you're passionate about doing because then you'll work harder at it and you'll be more successful at it then, oh, it's just a job and everyone needs a job. No, love what you do. Mm-hmm. Well, we can tell that you love what you do. I do. <laughs> and we're grateful that you're here. So Chef Ford Fry, a pleasure to talk with you, an honor to have you here sharing your expertise with our students and bringing your culinary cuisine here for all of us to try in Auburn, Alabama. We're excited. That's at, the, at 1856, the teaching restaurant. For reservations, go to auburn1856.com. Also, for more information on the College of Human Sciences and its many offerings, go to humsci.auburn.edu. Again, that's H-U-M-S-C-I, short for human sciences, .auburn.edu. Chef Ford Fry, thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. And all of you for listening, thank you for tuning in to the How Very Human Sciences podcast. And until next time, take care and war eagle.